Hey there, and welcome to the Unlikely Artist Podcast, where I'll teach you how to gain the freedom you need to become who you want, instead of who you've been telling yourself you need to be. I'm Heather Kerr. I went from international tax to art and coaching because those are the things I've been yearning to do. Listen in to find out how you can start doing what you love to in slow, easy steps each week. Let's dive in now. Welcome back, Savvy Souls. So today I called the episode The Biggest Obstacle to Creativity. I called it that, but it could have really been called The Biggest Obstacle to Your Authenticity. But I'm going to start by telling you a few stories about obstacles that I've seen that limited my creativity and have limited the creativity of other artists. And then I'm going to take those examples and generalize them in a way that's relevant to you, whether you're an artist in a creative field or just going about your day. (laughs) When I started out as a painter and had got to the point where I was just loving everything about doing my art, I was enjoying my paintings, I was developing that confidence, I really early on started participating in shows and selling my work, which really helped. And I think the reason my paintings sold is because I loved them so much. But I did this one painting that I still remember, and it was a painting I did of a mountain valley and these beautiful clouds in the sky above the valley, and there were trees below. And then I looked at the painting one day as it was getting close to being finished. And I realized that there was a nude female figure in the painting. And it became very clear to me. The clouds were her breast. And then there was a part that were her shoulders. And then the mountain valley was basically her crotch. And the trees I had there looked like pubic hair. And the bottom valley part looked like her thighs. So basically, to me, it looked like this Mother Earth goddess lying in the middle of this painting. And I thought it was magical. The clouds were luminescent and had metallic paint edged around them. And I just loved the painting. And what I did was I lightly drew in the silhouette of what I thought of as this Mother Earth goddess. And I kind of etched that in so that people could see it. And I was really pleased with it. I just loved it. It lit me up. And then my ex came home. And he was very supportive about my art. He liked it, but he was a dude. And he had some thoughts about this painting, which were basically, oh, that's weird. Why did you add that? That's, uh, I, I don't know about this. And I felt so crushed by his response that I destroyed the painting. I painted over it. I just put it away and I felt quite ashamed of what I'd done. It didn't occur to me that 
maybe it was good and I should put it out there anyway. One of my earliest clients that I had when I started coaching had just exited a creative field and she decided that what she wanted to do was to pursue painting as a career. She was a massively creative individual, highly, highly skilled, had already been recognized in a creative field. And she decided she wanted to paint. And so she started to do some paintings that came naturally to her. And then she took them to a group that she was in and shared them. And when she shared her paintings, people were reacting kindly, but in ways that weren't helpful. They were saying, huh, maybe if you added some blue here, it would be more appealing. And so basically she got a bunch of suggestions. And after that meeting, she thought, well, I really need to change what I'm doing and basically conform it, make it more ordinary. And so she did that. And the next painting that she did was just this super ordinary still life, nothing individual or unusual in it, run of the mill. She took what, when I looked at them, I considered to be just beautiful work that spoke of her and who she was and made it ordinary. She was reacting to other people's reactions. I had another client who came to me this time, a young woman. She was a photographer. She was doing it as a hobby, but she wanted to make it her profession. And she had produced all these paintings. This was some time ago, and this was less common. She'd produced all these, not paintings, she'd produced all these photographs that she'd done of city scenes, big buildings, they're mostly architecture. And then she'd colored them in vibrant colors. And when I looked at those photographs, they looked like she was capturing the pulse of the city. But she took them to an artist coach to get her comments. And that woman said, oh, you know, this stuff is all over the map. I'd recommend instead of doing this, what you should do is find one very specific theme. Like, for example, you do cityscapes. Why not take a lock, lock it on different things and take a photograph of that? And then you'll have kind of a themed series and what happened for this young woman was she shut down. She thought, oh, what this coach is telling me is I have to limit myself in this way for people to look at my work and appreciate it. And I don't want to do that. So she completely shut herself down and stopped creating until she came to me. And then there's the other personal story I want to share here, because all of those cases were people reacting to what other people said about their work. So there's my personal story I told you before about this painting that I did that when I look at photos I take, and I think it's massively creative and very, very different. And when I put it in a show, I judged it as soon as I put it in the 
wall. I judged it as, oh my God, this is too weird. People are going to hate it. And then when people looked at it, I, I was actually hiding in the bar downstairs with my daughter and I refused to even talk to anybody about it. And I took it home and I painted over it. So I've told that story before. I wanted to share that one too, because can you spot the obstacles in all these stories I'm telling you? In every case, we were judging ideas that naturally bubbled up in us as wrong because we were either reacting what to what other people told us or we were second guessing. We were imagining what other people might think. We were listening to other people's judgments. And what we weren't doing is saying, hey, do I actually believe that? We were just listening to their judgments as being the truth. So we were letting external input or our guesses about how we might be judged affect what we are willing to do and how we are willing to show up. Our main obstacle was our intense fear of being judged. And notice that in our fear of being judged, we judge ourselves and we stifle our voices and we conform to other people's truths. Instead of listening to what's true for us, we conform to the judgments of other people. And when we do that, we hold back who we are. We hold back what we'd naturally be able to offer. As we judge ourselves, we hold back on what wants to be expressed through us. We release only what we prejudge as acceptable, which means we just do proven things. We're less inclined to explore and to tread new territory. And by doing this, is see, see the irony here? We ensure that we are judged because we're judged by our own critical self and our own critical self-judgments end up ruling the day. They stop us in our tracks and we show up as only a shadow of who we could be. We don't present all our brilliant ideas. We don't stretch our creativity. We conform. It's like in the Jeffrey Madoff interview I did last week. If you haven't listened to it, I'd suggest you do. He had this story about his students. He teaches a design course in Manhattan. And he asks his students about their concerns about failure. Are they afraid to fail? And if they are afraid to fail, would they inhibit what they're doing because of how they think other people might judge them? And he told those students who were afraid to fail and who knew ahead of time they were going to inhibit what they were willing to do because of other people's judgments to consider dropping the course because it's going out there. It's getting out there and being willing to expose your ideas that makes the difference between somebody being somebody who's worth listening to and being mediocre. So these artist examples I've given you aren't really about art or even creativity. You know, except in the broad way, I define creativity. I talk about life being a creative act. In other words, the way I think about creativity is 
it's just a way of being and making decisions in an open exploratory way. But I'm digressing here. My artist examples are about our natural authenticity and what happens when we limit what wants to come out of us. What happens is we dull our shine. We don't share our gifts. We judge ourselves as wrong or inadequate ahead of time, and we don't try. We don't put our ideas out there. We don't share our reactions. We don't speak up at meetings. We don't offer our solutions. We don't explore. We don't take risks. And in that world, all we can do is the same old. We make it impossible for our lives to evolve and for our own personal growth to happen. The solution, Savvy Souls, and you might not like this, is it takes courage. It's this, be willing to expose your ideas, be willing to be judged, be willing to feel your nervous system fire up and try to shut you down, to get you to shut up, be willing to allow all of that to happen and to keep going. I love Tim Ferriss's solution to all of this. I might've told you this story last week. I'm not sure. He told this story, Tim Ferriss, for those of you who don't know him, is has got one of the most listened to podcasts of all time. He's got 400 million downloads. And he tells a story about when he put his book out that he got his ultimately super popular book about the four-hour work week, which was published all over the world and has had millions of readers and being published in all kinds of countries. He told about how he was rejected by 20-some publishers, and it didn't phase him because he thought to himself, this book is proven. It's already got an audience, and that audience is me. So he illustrates how to be your own biggest fan and to keep going. So in my case, it's hard, but I've made a vow to not listen to the self-critical judgments that occasionally creep up about my paintings. I've made a vow to be my own biggest fan. Yes, I can still make a painting and then decide from a place of calm. No, this is not it. I don't need to keep a painting I no longer like that no longer feels like me, even if it took a very long time for me to paint it. But I won't let a fearful voice about how someone might judge it stop me from sharing it. I won't let someone else's critical observations stop me in my tracks. Instead, I've vowed to myself and this is my practice to listen to the truth I feel in myself about my paintings and let that truth guide my decisions. I can show my art knowing that it already has the audience it needs, me, and that's enough. So when I coached my client who was the new artist who'd had a successful creative career about the reactions she'd got from other people who were making various 
suggestions, we realized she could listen to those suggestions and not take them to heart. She had to listen to the source. Did she agree with the suggestions? Did they strike her as right? Or were these people who just felt like they needed to offer a suggestion because she'd asked for their reactions? It really doesn't matter what their motivations were. What matters is the truth about her art she felt in herself. And we also notice how taking in these criticisms and just believing them without deciding if she agreed with them was interfering with her ability to produce good art. She was taking into account what they'd said and producing mediocre everyday paintings. So once she decided she could be her own biggest audience and most important fan, she started to paint the way she wanted to and massive creativity bubbled up in her. And I've got some of her paintings hanging in my home. They are absolutely amazing. Or the young woman that I coached, when I told her, hey, this one coach doesn't have the answers necessarily for you. What do you think about those photographs? Did they light you up? Did you love doing them? Do you enjoy them? Do they feel good to you? And what she shared was she feels amazing about them. So she hadn't posted anything for at least a year, maybe more. She decided what she wanted to photograph, what lit her up. She started to photograph something new that she loved. And pretty soon she had an Instagram account of a couple thousand followers in just a couple weeks because she was letting her light out into the world and people were reacting to that energy. My advice, Savvy Souls, to you is to trust yourself. Trust what comes up in you and wants to be expressed. That's whether you're an artist or a creative sort or not, just in life. Allow your voice to be heard, your ideas to be known, your work to be seen. Yes, you'll be exposed, but you'll avoid the certain result that happens of not exposing yourself. That certain result is you let your self-judgments, the critical self-judgments you make up by guessing what other people might say, you let those self-judgments win because you're afraid to be judged. So at the end of the day, you don't do what you want because you're afraid of being judged. And in so doing, you are judged and that's stopping you. Know that the self-judgments will still come up and other people may judge you. And that's okay because you've always got a fan club of at least one. And with that knowledge, you develop the confidence and self-trust that emerges when you keep expressing what's important to you and you express it in an unfettered way. Consider Savvy Souls. What would happen if every time you noticed you telling yourself, ah, oh, people won't like this, it's not good enough, 
I can't say this. She, he, they won't like this. Other people aren't going to like it either. Catch yourself and say, hey, brain, thanks for your views. And then go boldly forth and do it anyway. Here's what would happen for sure. The quality of what you put out there would improve dramatically. And you'd for sure feel energized and alive. Hmm. Might be worth a try, huh? See you next time. So if you're energized by the possibilities you're hearing about on this podcast, but you're wondering how it's possible to actually make what you've been fantasizing about doing actually happen, I'd love you to join me for a free strategy session where we'll talk about coaching together. We'll explore how you can start making what you want possible by taking small, easy steps that add up to something amazing. Just click on the link in the show notes below this episode to book your free call. I'd love to meet you live. And all my listeners, remember, it's finally your time to do what you want.